0: Fire when ready. All right. Cool. All
1: right. We are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. This is the CrookCast, and I have with me here today, Ken Marillo and Brad Simpson. Hello, gentlemen.
0: What's up, man?
1: Hey, it's great to have you on. Uh thank you. Normally, uh, I like to do these interviews in person, but we are still under coronavirus virus lockdown, so we're not necessarily allowed to be together and to be friends and grill yet. And the we weather is in, good in enough. The
0: COVID 19 Mecca of the Midwest in Michigan.
1: So. Uh, <laughs> it's real rough, real uh, rough right now. Um, but when this is all over, you guys are invited to come over. I'll grill for you. You can Hang out with my English Bulldog and we can have a good time.
0: You had me at grill.
1: All right. So as we usually do, we're going to uh, go into uh, your guys' story. We're going to talk about your transition and we're going to talk about uh, getting out of the Marine Corps. If, if you're watching on the video, you probably already guessed. These two gentlemen are, in fact, Marines uh, by yeah. the decor and Fi. the swag. Semper Fi. We're all fellow devils here in this episode today. Do and we have to watch your language? What's that?
0: Do we have to watch our language?
1: No, you're fine. Okay. Just let it flow naturally. Be yourself.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man, you might lose listeners. <laughs>
1: nah, that's That's okay. We'll keep the listeners we want. Um, so you guys are bu- into real estate, right? You're real estate agents?
0: Well, I'm I'm a loan officer. I'm a VA oh, okay. specialist. Ken is a realtor, yes.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Awesome. And you guys also have a nonprofit effort. Brad, you mentioned it before. 92 for 22. You guys want to cover just a little brief overview on that real quick?
0: I'm going to pass the mic over to Al Jefe. He's the president. He can talk about it.
1: All right. We'll go into detail later uh, towards the end. Uh, but uh, Ken, you want to just give a just a little brief oversight on it?
2: Yeah. uh, 92 for 22, we're a nonprofit organization. And uh, pretty much what we do is we raise awareness for veteran suicide and also PTSD. Um, And then, like you said, later on, we'll get into more detail exactly what we do, how we do it and why we do it.
1: Yeah. I just want to say real quick that I've run into guys that were affiliated with 92 for 22, whether they're actual ruckers or They supported it and I've just been blown away by the tremendous reputation you guys have in our local area. So awesome. Awesome.
2: We've grown a lot. (laughs)
1: That's right.
0: It's been a It's been a lot of growing pains, man. Like we didn't, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So all we know is that we want to help as many people with the transition that we all have, have, have battled. It's a real kick in the nuts. You know, nobody prepares you for it. You know? Mm-hmm. Right? So if we can help get them out of that, that hopeless pit of despair quicker and get them onto the real world, that's where veterans thrive. If we can transition them successfully, veterans in the workforce are kick-ass employees.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you got two initiatives there, right? The first one, uh, you guys are helping propel guys into the workplace into successful careers. They could benefit their community by doing great work and they could benefit themselves and their family by being excellent in what they do. And then also um uh, veteran suicide, right? And a horrible epidemic and the incredibly high rates of veteran suicide. A lot of guys raise awareness about it. But then the question is is like how do you actually fight it? Like what do right? you do? <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Well, people do what you guys are doing, right? These it's organizations like yours and veterans like you guys also even normal civilians, people that are reaching out fighting this war of ideas. Those are the ones that really fight against uh, veteran suicide. So on that, let's go into, we're gonna, I'd like to know more about your guys's backgrounds. Um, what's played an influence on you. You can talk about joining the Marine Corps. You talk about during your time in the Marine Corps. Um, so, just who, who,
0: who do you want to go first, man?
1: Hmm, I'll let. Mm.
0: don't don't let the fir- uh, don't Brad. let top go first. He's just gonna lose all the listeners, man.
1: Yeah, Brad, um, I vote Brad,
0: Brad go first. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Alphabetical uh, order. <laughs> yeah, B is before K. Yes,
2: that's why I said go for it, Brad. <laughs> all
0: right, so, um, Born and raised in Grand Rapids, um, uh, Michigan, uh, I went to Norview High School. Um, I graduated. Woo! <laughs> I received a baseball scholarship. Started playing baseball. Blew up my arm, and then I, I transgressed into you know just partying and chasing girls because that's what all eighteen-year-olds want to you know want to do. Uh, fast forward three years to I was twenty-one years old, and I was working as a pipe fitter, and I had a real. a a moment in time where i was like you know 18 year old brad would kick the living shit out of 21 year old brad for doing the things that he did and got him into this horrible job right Mm. at that time the war in iraq kicked off and i for some reason i was just intrigued I, I, i couldn't take my my eyes off of you know fox news and all that um but something happened in the back of my mind where it was you know i went back to vietnam and what happens if they 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 do the draft and you know, this, that, the other. And I'm like, you know what? Damn it. I'm not going to let m- my family go over and do this. I will fight this battle for them. So made the call to the, to the Marine recruiter because the way I felt, and this is not because I am a Marine. The way I felt at the time was if, if I'm going to fucking do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to join the varsity team. I'm going to join the Marine Corps and fight the fight. All right. So went talk to the recruiter. <laughs> They told me they they gave me the chips or whatever the hell they're called the tags. The, you know, like, tags. like, dude, you don't have to sell me. I'm I want to join. Like, I don't I don't need I don't need to go through this Gene Hackman bullshit. You know, you, you know this guy. Like, I don't care. Just where do I sign? So uh, I enlisted. Left in January '04. Um, two combat tours to Iraq. The first one was in '05 as part of the 13th Mule. Special operations capable. I got to see the world. Thanks for not lying to me, recruiter. <laughs> um, and then from there, came back home stateside for a couple months. Went back to Iraq as part of the surge, and then got out. Um, my transition was is a long one, and I can I can go into great detail on this, or I can give you the cliff notes. It it's up to you. But what really you know what it really boils down to is you know when when we're in you know at war all branches of service we combine forces and we are the mightiest fighting forces world has ever seen and will ever know we kick ass and take names right and we work together to do it your entire time on active duty you can't even take a shit without somebody touching your foot underneath the stall. Hey, you doing all right in there? <laughs> it's, it's your battle buddy. You don't do anything by yourself, right? So when you transition out and you say, I'm done, I, I, I did my four, I did my 20. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the next chapter in my life, right? We've all had that, you know, that thought. It's every man for himself, leaving the hardest battle to fight by yourself. That's fucked up. That's wrong. That cannot be the thought process anymore, right? Because when I got out of the Marine Corps, I mean, when everybody who's in, they have a countdown, one month, three days, 22 hours, and a wake up and I get my DD-214, I'm out of this bitch, right? And once you get your DD-214, it's the happiest day of your life. I literally skipped from my barracks room to the S1 admin shack at 12.01 AM to get my DD-214, and it was like I was untouchable. You can't touch me, Dean. You can't touch me, Steve. And these are all like our officers and stuff. Like, fuck you, I'm out. Highest of highs, right? Fly home. And I don't have anything. I have nothing to do. I don't have a job, which is great. I got to sleep in. I get to choose what I wanted to wear, not desert or or woodland camis. It was, do I want to put pants on or not? Right? The answer was, no, I didn't put pants on for three days. Right? (laughs) just did nothing i enjoyed my new f- freedoms and um thursday comes around and when i left i was 22 years old all my friends we all met at the same bar on thursday night at 10 o'clock we didn't even have to next tell beep, beep each other because that's what it was back then all right we just knew at 10 o'clock we're gonna meet at by tallies and we're, we're gonna start drinking beer and shenanigans well I was like, oh shit, dude, it's Thursday. I'm going to put pants on. I'm going to go to Vitaly's. I want to see these dudes. I haven't seen them in years. So I go down to Vitaly's at 10 o'clock and I walk in and not one of them are there. I'm like, well, shit, am I still in California time? What the hell's going on here? You know? So I sit down at the bar, order a beer, get maybe a quarter of the way through the beer. And then I realize what the fuck is happening. Okay. In my mind, I left, you know, I left when I was 22 years old, what's going on in your life at 22, well, you're going to college, you're learning how to be an adult. You're making mistakes. You're chowing down on top ramen, drinking past, you know, a PBR because that's all you could afford. Okay. Having a good time. Well, fast forward four years. Where are all my friends. They're 26 years old too. They're not in college anymore. They're not, they're not at the bar on Thursday nights because they have a career in which they now go to every day. They're buying homes, ha- starting families, having babies. They're, they've moved on. And I am no further along than I was when I was 18. Actually, I'm a step behind because now I'm unemployed, okay? So what should have been a very encouraging and a monumentous occasion of being an honorable discharge combat vet has now turned into what the fuck did I just do for the last four years? I wasted four years of my life right? That is the pit of despair. That's the start of it. And you just, you know, there's been a lot of studies that show around a half a year is when you start to, that's when you really bottom out. You see the divorce rates, divorces happen within that half a year. Um, For me, I don't know, I think I was in, I was down there for about nine months. And something happened around nine months to where, you know what, I I didn't, I'm not going to let those four years go to waste. I'm actually going to go back to college. So I went down to GRCC, spoke to the VA person there and said, Hey, I, I want to use my, my GI bill. And she's like, okay, do you want to use pre or post 9-11? What the hell are you talking about? Right? She's like, well, you have a pre 9-11, meaning before 9-11 and then post meaning after 9-11 no shit. I know what pre and post is, but what's the, what's the difference? You know, like that's the biggest mistake that I started. And that was the start of me realizing that everybody assumes that us, us veterans know our benefits and we don't fucking know our benefits period. Right. And that's a whole long, whole long discussion that we can have uh, later on. But so she asked me for my DD two fourteen, and I was like, yep, I have it. I made 25 copies. It's at my house. Let me go grab one. Right. Drove home went to go find my, my DD214 and I placed it someplace safe, quotation marks, and I can't find it. I still can't find it to this day, it's been 12 years. I'm going to find them when my parents die and we're cleaning out their house. that's what I'm going to find them. So what the hell do I do now? Well, the only thing I think I know how to do is go to the VA. And at the time, it was on three, my parents live on four mile in Coit, so literally... It was one mile away. It took me an additional two months to muster up the courage to even walk into that place to ask for my DD-214. That's how disgruntled I was, okay? So I walk in to the VA, talk to lady at the front desk. Hey, I need to get a copy of my DD-214. Who do I need to speak to? And she looks at me like I have a dick growing out of my forehead. Oh, what? I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, am I at the VA here? She's like, oh yeah, let me go find out. Five minutes later, she comes back. She said, yeah, you need to speak to the Dave officer. Roger that. Where is he? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? She's like, there's only two in the state. And he's here on the third Tuesday of every month. I'm like, so today's Thursday. He was here two days ago. And she's like, yep, he'll be here next month on the third Tuesday. So and sh- she gave me the date. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I got to wait another month for this? So re- a- a reluctantly, I sh- show up the next month. Cause he's only there from eight to noon. So I show up 7 45 AM at 1130. I finally get to speak to the Dave officer, walk into his, uh, his, his little makeshift office. He doesn't even turn around to acknowledge that I'm in the room. He's like, how can I help you? Like, I need to get a, a copy of my DD 214 and I go through the story and the whole time he's like, yep. Uh-huh. 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 And then I stop because I was done, you know, with my story. He's like, are you done? I was like, yep. He spins in his office chair while ripping off a piece of paper and hands it to me. You need to go to this website, archives.gov. Dude, I wanted to fucking power bomb everybody in that place. I'm like, why the hell? I, like, I, I sat here for three and a half Like, Why doesn't anybody know? Is it this easy? What the fuck? Why does that lady at the front desk know? Why is there there's no posters anywhere in here? What the hell is going on? You know, reluctantly, I went back home did the archives.gov and 90 days later, there's my DD 214 And now I can start school. All right. So like from there, I just kept getting worse. Like I wanted nothing to do with the VA. I wanted nothing to do with, uh, other veterans. If the topic came up, didn't you surf? Nope. <laughs> like I just didn't want, I, I don't know what it was. I, I just didn't want to talk about it. Didn't want the fact that I, I was, uh, I I'm a combat vet to have any bearing on a conversation that I'm having today. The shit that happened in the past, happened in the past I don't wanna talk about. It. you know. And it wasn't until about five years into my transition, was I able, I, I actually allowed myself to transition home and it was because I was able to buy a house using my VA home loan benefit. It'll, it, that It tremendously changed my life, drastically changed my life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do what I do today because I know the impact it brought me and the how it allowed me to get over a lot of shit and be prideful because the very first thing I did after closing, and I don't know what normal people do, but I went home and I put a fucking Marine Corps flag right in the middle of the yard. A Marine lives here. You know, like it was an incredible moment in my life. Like a. I, 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 still have a hard time articulating exactly how I feel. Right. But so I, it, I started overcoming and becoming a grumpy Marine vet and
2: don't step on my grass.
0: Yeah. Get off my lawn. All right. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> but uh, I found out a few months later that a Marine I served with had taken his own life. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, why did you do that? Like, I'm just a phone call away. All you had to do is call me. I'm here. I'm here for anybody. And then it's like, oh shit, dude, that's not on him. Obviously he's not in his right mindset. If he's, if he's going to take his own life, that's on me. So I'm, I had a hard, hard talk with myself. Like you fucker, like you, you need to pick up the phone and start calling people, reach out to these guys because you never know. Right. But then the the other thought was dude we did the same deployments saw the same things and did the same shit why did i transition and i'm okay and he took that route what's the difference here and that's the golden question that really nobody can really answer right because a normal thinking person cannot process taking your own life so it's hard it's hard to get in that that mindset but what really drew it all together was probably a year later, I'm sitting at a family gathering and I'm talking to my cousin who served in the army. He was, he, he enlisted for three years and he was deployed for three and a half. So his adrenaline needle was pegged for three and a half years. And he was the small guy out in the caves of Afghanistan. He had to do all the mole rat shit in the tunnels and And all that. I mean, he, to this day, he still is royally fucked up PTSD. Like he's unemployable. He he's a hermit, you know, whatever. But every time that him and I get together, we have conversations. Like we're two dudes on the block. Like we just shoot the shit, have a good time, probably tease each other's branches, you know, yada, yada, yada. But him and I are having this conversation. He gets up to go take a leak and his brother comes over and he's like, you need to come around and talk to him more. This is the first time I've seen him, him smile, laugh, talk to people in two and a half years. And I was like, and then it dawned on me, dude, it's fuck man. It's the brotherhood. It's the bond that we all share. It doesn't matter branch, branch or active or, or a guardsman reserve, whatever you want to call it. It's the fact that we know that we have each other's back we were willing to die for this country and you know still are right i'm willing to die for another veteran because they've earned that respect from me right we've done more for this country than 90% of the population right that's you have to be prideful of that you know embrace that and that's what really draw, drew everything together. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get more involved. I got to do, do, help with this issue. How can I do it? Well, then the opportunity to become a, a loan officer I, I came up, and I'm like, fuck, this is how I'm going to do it. Because, again, it helped me. I'm going to pay it forward each and every day. So that right there, in a nutshell, is my transition story and how I got here.
1: <laughs> wow that's That's really profound, like touching on the veteran suicide, if you're especially like guys from combat armed jobs or have been in combat, I think veteran suicide touches almost everybody because there's such a crazy high rate of it, and for everybody that it has, you sit there and you think, you wonder about it. Right. It has nothing, it has nothing to do with mental resilience. There's a, a wise man told me once that uh, resilience works until it doesn't.
0: Correct. And, you know, to, to a piggyback off of that, once, I mean, even if you aren't 100%, if you're even 25%, what happens when you get around other veterans and you start helping people with their issues, what happens to your problems? they start to go away. Right? Mm. The reason why I'm so passionate about sharing my transition is because there is strength and healing from, you know, hearing these stories, even though, you know, take an, Jake Schick. Okay. He, he's uh, the president of 22 kill. He's a Marine combat vet, lost a leg, part of an arm, I mean, he, he was pretty gnarly for, for, you know, still is. Um, And I heard his story on the Jocko podcast. So Jocko podcast, number one twenty one. go, go, go take a listen. But I resonate and, and relate to a lot of the things that he dealt with and overcame. And I'm sitting over here like, why am I being a bitch? I have 10 fingers and 10 toes. This dude's down a leg and down an arm and he's out fucking crushing life. Right? So, Sharing your stories, it helps, man. I mean, the battle. If we can if we can touch one person with this podcast, that's a good waste of my time. A good use of my time, I should say. <laughs> I'll gladly give up two hours to save one, then not take the call and then you know find out that they they ended it. No, that's not how I fucking roll, and that's not how Ken rolls, right? Like putting our our Selfs aside for the greater good is how we operate.
1: Absolutely. Supporting others, making it about something bigger than just yourself. All those things. Yeah.
0: I mean, and, and you also hit on another topic. I mean, it's the most important thing a man can bring into combat with them is a reason why. Why do you do what you do? Right. What makes you get up out of bed in the morning? Your feet hit the ground and everybody says, Oh fuck, he's awake. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm not talking about your spouse or that 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 one night stand. Right. But I'm talking what makes you get up and get after it every single day. Right. It's very important that you have a why or a, a mission or a purpose behind what you do every single day. Very, very important. That's what helps you crush life. Period. Every aspect of
2: it. Right, Ken? Right. What is your why? My why? No, You you as an individual need to know what is your why. Yeah. Ask yourself that.
0: If you can't articulate it shortly and in a, a way that's going to ask more questions or generate questions, then you need to hone it in a little bit. And it's not something that, you know, you can just grab a piece of paper and say, what's my why? And then write it down and you have your why in 30 seconds. No, you have to actually embody it and embrace it because it comes out in everything that you do. Everything.
1: Awesome. Love it.
0: Bra. Get some Dell dog.
1: <laughs> so Ken, Ken, how about we go into your story a little bit?
0: Yeah. Tell us all about you there. Captain Greybeard.
1: Uh, uh, Brad, what's your connection with Ken? First off, let's, let's talk about that a little bit.
0: Well, believe it or not, the grand old man in the Marine Corps, he was my, uh, recruiter if you will um he didn't actually recruit me i went into the office on my own accord my own free will um the the recruiter that i ended up talking to was just a pile of stones and shit um so ken kind of took over and you know made sure my paperwork wasn't that fucked up i mean it still was but you know we got it straightened out um what was it I said it wasn't me. Yeah, I know. You took it. You take all the credit for the good stuff. No. um, So when I graduated boot camp, I went on three weeks of RA helping the recruiter. And um, Kenny and I got, you know, uh, mashed up. And we paraded around to high schools and did some cool things. And one of the coolest ones is we were given uh, tickets to the Metallica concert in a suite at Van Andel. What?
2: Yeah. I didn't get
1: Metallica
0: tickets, (laughs) but, uh, that's my link to him. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we just lost touch and he put, like, I think I posted on Facebook or he posted uh, or commented on, I don't know how we even got connected, but I was like, Oh no shit. So I messaged him. like, do you remember me? He goes, yeah, I was actually going to reach out to you. I I'm, I'm retiring and I don't even know how many months and, um, I just passed the board. So, you know, we got to connect. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Four small flyers, dude. Let's do this. And it's match made in heaven ever since. Oh, yeah. My veteran home team. <laughs> Shameless plug there.
1: Shameless plug. That's absolutely fine because guys need good resources to go to. That's the key, right? man.
0: Who you work with matters, period. You know, when it really
1: does. About really does in all aspects. So I also was recruited, not directly by Ken, but at that time he was in charge of the recruiting station in which I was recruited out of, although I did not get Metallica tickets. That's okay though. You
2: weren't a Marine Uh, yet.
1: That's why. uh, That's why I did. I did come home and I did dig to do the, uh, Hey, you want to be a Marine thing for like two weeks. Um, but that's okay
0: it's an ongoing joke between us now every devil dog we come across hey did you recruit this guy too <laughs> so
1: awesome. it wasn't
0: it wasn't because ken was the recruiter of the year it was because ken was a recruiter for a longer time
2: yeah mm.
1: well regardless uh r- such a huge connecting point ken for you in our community now with everybody that's getting out I'm sure that they can find you on Facebook. And now they have this this, uh, this attachment to their past, but also an example of transitioning. And so we can go into that. Ken Murillo, you want to tell us your background and your story, please?
2: For sure. Well, first off, I uh, appreciate you having me on here today. Uh, definitely is uh, always a good time when you're able to tell your story. Although mine is not as uh, as sexy as Brad's um i still do have a story Uh, i graduated high school in 1995 believe it or not yes i am that old you see the gray gray beard yep um in uh, southern california is where i grew up and uh i did the whole you know let's go to college for a year after high school because that's what was pushed on us by you know by parents and by the teachers go to college go to college well it was one day after um i was finished with my college class i actually saw one of my high school buddies Um, walking out of a donut shop with Marine Corps PT gear on. And uh, I went over there, I started talking to him, I was like, you know, asked him what was going on. He said he had just graduated from boot camp and he's a Marine, all the good stuff and everything. And straight from there, I went to the Marine Corps recruiting office and I talked with the Marine Corps recruiter. Long story short, ended up joining in August of '96 had my first duty station, uh, station vacation in Honolulu, or sorry, Kaneway Bay, Hawaii. Yeah. Two and a half years there. And uh, I don't want to go back ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's a good place to visit, but not a good place to live. That's for sure. Um, I was in an armor, um, small arms repair technician. So a lot of Marines didn't like me because we kept them from going on Libo. Uh, There's many Terminal Lance comics. Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) There's many terminal
1: Lance comics about that job.
2: Uh, Yes. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole getting a a Q-tip and wiping it on the, uh, the the lower receiver and it's never clean enough. (laughs) That's right. Um, so I did that. And then in, in 2002, I had the opportunity to go to recruiting duty reluctantly because, um, I didn't want to be a recruiter. I wanted to be a drill instructor. Uh, however, we were at training when the uh, the screening team came through, and they chose for me to go to recruiting duty, which brought me to Michigan. Um, I was sitting in the uh, the the recruiter school waiting for the orders, and um, they called my name, and they said, you're going to Michigan. And I was like, where the hell is Michigan?
0: Great. I, Here you go.
2: Yeah, I didn't know where it was, let alone Grand Rapids, so... Um, in 2002 October I came out to actually I think it was November time frame I came out to Michigan all by myself I um, didn't know anybody out here and just started my my time as a recruiter I did probably about uh, the first time was four years and then I went to the good old 29 palms the armpit <laughs> <laughs> they aren't the Marine. Corps. Any base ever were to just define <laughs> the Marine Corps, it's 29 palms. <laughs> so I did uh, I was there for seven months and had orders back to recruiting duty and I came back to recruiting duty in 2007 the end of 2007. and uh, that's just where I found my passion. Uh, I ended up becoming a career recruiter. Uh, the biggest reason I think that I came back to recruiting duty, Was not because I was in 29 palms, but it's because I missed being able to um, see the transition in the individuals that I helped. When you guys came back from boot camp, being able to see the transition, that's what kept me going, knowing that I assisted somebody in changing their life. Um, So then I became a career recruiter. And then I was able to not only do that for men and women that were coming into the Marine Corps, but... Now I was able to assist the recruiters themselves in ensuring that they were successful in the job that they were given, or the job that they were told they were gonna do for 36 months by the Marine Corps. Um, I was All my recruiting time was here in Grand Rapids. I did go back to, or not Grand Rapids, the Michigan area. I did go back to San Diego for three years where I became a uh, instructor at recruiter school, um, which then was great too, because now here I am, In San Diego, an instructor at recruiter school, students that were coming in were actually Marines that I enlisted. Wow. Are now going to become recruiters. So I was, I'm able to see the whole, like the full circle, everything's coming full circle. And then not to mention the fact that when I got done at recruiter school, coming back to Michigan and those Marines being recruiters in Michigan. I recruited, I'm like, wow, see, now you're in the spot that I was when I first met you. You know, and then um, after 22 years of service, I figured that it was time for me to go. Um, I always told myself I didn't want to be that Marine that was out there. Um, those all old and crusty and all the Marines saying, oh, he should retire. I don't even know why he's sticking around anymore. I wanted to get out while I was thinking that I was young. I don't feel young, but I'm still, still younger. you know, but I wanted to get into something that was going to be able to still assist others in the community, which is what brought me into becoming a real estate agent. My wife's best friend tried for two years before I actually retired to get me to get out of the Marine Corps and become a real estate agent. And I was thinking about it, thinking about it, and then I decided to stay in longer. But when it came time to actually get out, I knew that I wanted to become a real estate agent. I went through the course took the um the test and be and passed it and then in january sorry june of 2018 before i even retired i was a licensed agent in the state of michigan um which then allowed me to get into the community that i was already a part of because of recruiting duty and now start assisting them and achieving that life milestone of becoming a homeowner and it was when um I was doing all my social media marketing and reaching out to people on social media. I saw Brad's name um, tagged because he had just gave a, a, um, a mortgage, military mortgage boot camp class to some other agents, and then that's when we became connected. and We reached out to each other, and I talked to him. and Then I found out he was a VA home loan specialist. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know this this is great because I want to still assist veterans veterans help veterans veterans trust veterans that's what i wanted to do i know and i don't want to just only help veterans i want to help as many people as i can michiganders veterans the whole thing but to have somebody else who's focused on veterans just like i wanted to be was great and for him to be be a va home loan specialist i have learned so much from him in regards to the va home loan that i didn't learn when i got out I did 22 years of service and they gave me one week of classes to learn how to transition into being a civilian.
0: You're a new core bullshit. They gave me, it was an eight hour death by PowerPoint
2: class for me. <laughs> and, and that's not enough because it was just like Brad said earlier, you know, the only thing that you're worried about when, when you're taking those classes is you're just worried about when you're going to be getting out of the, out of the military.
0: Yeah, because when the student's ready, the teacher appears, man. You, your mindset, taps, is given at the wrong time. And that dude, um, uh, Eric, is it Eric Miller? Um, he, he's on to something here because taps should not be given as a requirement to get out of the military. Nobody, like at 26 years old, I didn't have the foresight to think, where the hell am I going to live? I'm just going to move back on with my parents, right? So you're not paying attention to this fantastic, home loan benefit that we've all earned, right? All you hear are certain words, such as guarantee. I'm guaranteed home loan because I serve, no, that's not what the guarantee means in the VA guarantee Loan Program, right? That's not what it means, right? And like, um, I was too proud or stubborn to consider filing unemployment when I got out of the, you know, when I got out, or even disability. That's the biggest one, man. Filing your disability claims. I have 10 fingers, 10 toes. I'm good. That money needs to go to somebody else. Nope. Fuck that. It is going to go to somebody else. It's going to go to a different government program because if you don't use it, you lose it. So you're screwing everybody over.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's not, it was explained to me. It's not uh, like it's compensation. It's compensation for the government wrecking your body for the rest of your life. God.
0: Yeah, that's true. right. Yeah.
1: And it's completely fair. And if you, if I have met guys like that, um, including myself, it's like, I, I don't want to take the money. It's okay. Use it. Use it wisely. Take care of yourself and your family. Right. Uh, this is cool. Hey, so Ken, when, uh, living and being a real estate agent in the community in which you were a recruiter for so long, uh, you must constantly then be able to see guys like myself and Brad and all these other, all these other individuals after their Marine Corps time, they move back home and you're able to see the tremendous amount of personal growth that they've experienced from their Marine Corps time. That's pretty cool.
2: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm able to see that. Um, a lot of them have have started families, so they now have kids to themselves and it's just like, wow, you know, I remembered you when you were this 18 year old, 17 year old kid, right out of high school and now you have a family you know that's it's it's awesome to be able to see that because not many not many marine recruiters are able to see that i mean i was i was born and raised in southern california i didn't know i was going to retire in michigan you know i let alone i didn't even know i was going to retire from the marine corps i was only planning on doing four years and ended up doing 22 uh came back to michigan because i felt that uh Michigan is a better place to raise a family than uh in California where everything's all fast paced and super expensive <laughs> and riots and bloods and crips and foul oh, please, <laughs> they they do have all that um, but yeah it, it's definitely been an honor to be able to come out here and, and then now uh because they they had that trust in me when it was time for them to make the decision to become a marine, they now have that trust in me to assist them and another big decision that they have in their life and which is to become a homeowner.
0: A major life milestone, man, major. And you know, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's a huge mental, I mean providing a home to a veteran, do you think they're less likely to take their life? Absolutely. Right. Why,
1: why is that? What is the value of when a veteran like Brad, you talked about it and how it's such a major milestone for your life. Why was it such a major milestone for you?
0: You have a purpose again. Period. You know, I mean, when you, yeah. you know, you go off and do what we do on active duty and you come back and move back in with your parents or move back, you know, move in with a girlfriend. You, you just feel like a pile of shit. You know, I don't need my mom washing my undies. I can wash my own shit. Right. I don't need you to make me lunch. I make my own. Right. That's kind of how we were operating for four years or 22 or however, you know, it, I don't know, man, it, it's, I can't really articulate that, but I just know that I've seen it. I mean, I've, I've established myself as a, the, the VA guy here, you know, w- within our state, I'm a national educator to, to loan officers on the VA home loan. So I do a a lot of speaking engagements and things. and the more and more I see, the more and more I realize that this is truly not just me. It's a, it's a real life thing. you know? Like you now have a purpose. You feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of us struggle with. We don't feel like we fit in again, right? You take us out of our element at 22 years old, you train me to be a warfighter. You take less than one day to train me not to be, and now I stick, like, I offend everybody, right? With our dark sense of humor and the word fuck, you know, like, it offends people, right? But at the same time, you can't let that stop you from growing and moving forward with your life. A lot of veterans let that stop them, you know? They don't ask for help. They're stubborn. They're prideful. Their egos are massive. I get it. We've all been there, you know. But you got to talk to the people that you can be yourself with. And I didn't realize that until I attended my first ninety-two or twenty-two walk. You know, like I was a little hesitant to go there because I'm like, "Fuck, man!" I still have that feeling. I don't like to. I don't like the not. I don't like to be acknowledged for my time and service. I have, still have a very hard time with that. You know, if I'm out in public and um Whoever's up on stage is like, can can uh, we have all the veterans stand, you know, so so we can uh, thank you for your service? I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm not standing. I hate that. It's like a very uncomfortable feeling for me.
2: That's a, um, the same same thing with me. My wife always has to nudge me and be like, hey, stand up, stand. I'm like, yeah, no, cool. I don't. Yeah, like that. I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> you
0: know, yeah, it, it, it.
1: I think it's important for guys to know that that feeling is very normal
0: it's 100% normal to this yeah. day i mean 12 years into the transition and you know what i do now i'm still uncomfortable with it but, uh, last year i was i was contacted by the griffins hockey team to be honored as the hometown hero for the night and i was like i really had a hard time saying yes but at the, what it all boils down to is two things number one when people say thank you for your service that was a hard thing to like acknowledge. Like, what do I say back to him? <laughs> right. Because I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. I needed to get the fuck out of here. Cause I was going down a path. I didn't want to go down. You know, mm-hmm. like, what do you say? Right. You, my pleasure. That's it. You're making it too big of a deal. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm, overthinking it.
0: Number two, it is my responsibility and my responsibility alone to teach my kids to be a fucking patriot they need to see it firsthand if not me who right so i'll embrace the suck for two minutes of standing there at the griffins game on the big screen everybody applauding and you know shaking my hand and things right yes i'll do it so ken can ken can vouch i was a nervous fucking i i had anxiety like you wouldn't believe the day of I had to be in my seat at the beginning of period too, because at the first time out, that's when they're going to announce me. And I couldn't sit down, man, the whole first quarter or first period I'm on the phone with Ken and everybody else. Like, dude, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm a train wreck here. I'm sweating bullets. I, I, I don't want to do this, <laughs> you know, but then it dawned on me that I know Finn, he's the mascot, right? He's the guy that skates around and you know, his, his, his costume play. I, I played ball with him for years. So I sent him a text like, hey man, I'm the hometown hero. Can you? I would love to have you around. <laughs> you know, you know, when they announce me, he goes, No shit, I'll be up there. So they they call my name and you know, I stand up. I'm like, oh my God, this is this sucks. I'm standing there like, oh, I don't want to look up. I look up and here I see Finn jumping seats to get to me. And then he jumps on my back and I'm like, thank God. You know, but I did it, it sucked. And then what followed nothing but text message after text message, after text message of, of, of veterans who were at the game, who were calling me glory horror. And you must be an army, you know? you're in there for, you know, for, for just for the glory, you know, just giving me shit. Cause that's what we do, you know, but that was the hardest fucking moment of my life right there. All the transition. All right. I got to do it. I got to embrace. I gotta, I gotta get over this, this fear. And I did it and I did it with the help of Finn. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> do you awesome. think
1: that moment, do you think that moment was pivotal in you accepting, like accepting yourself, accepting your situation, accepting your past and your experiences?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with it. You know, to be honest, you know, 100, you know, truthful, transparent. I don't think it's ever going to be something that I'm going to be comfortable with, but you know, that's just me, but you know, yeah, it was a big victory. You know, like, like when I got done with it, I'm like, "Fuck, dude, that felt so good. You know, like I, I overcame it, you know, this thing I was dreading for years and had severe anxiety about the day of I overcame it. it and there's a really, really cool feeling. You know, I, I'm never going yeah, <laughs> to do it again, you know, but I did it, overcame it. And it's good, but that, that's, you know, oh, how to respond to thank you for your service is a difficult one for us to get over. And I think that's one of the things that kind of makes people shy away. Like, do you know how long it took me to ask every place that I go, do you offer a veteran discount? <laughs> you know, like it took me a long time. It took me a long time to ask that question. Cause I, I, you know, well, well, what if they say no? <laughs> like, I don't shop at stores that don't offer discounts anymore. M- Menards? Nope. Fuck you. Not go, ever going there. And if I hear anybody go there, I'm like, why are you going there? They don't, offer, they don't offer a discount. Fuck them. Don't shop. I'm <laughs> You know?
1: They're not on Team America. Oh, yeah. Why do you hate America, Menards?
0: Yeah, no shit. Why don't you offer it?
1: Yeah, let us know.
0: Because we're the low-cost home improvement store. I'll pay more money to be appreciated, fucker. All right.
1: (laughs) Brad, you mentioned 92 for 22. Yep. Which both of you guys are involved. You want to... What's the story with that? What's the story of 92 for 22? What is it? How to get started?
2: Go ahead, Jefe. Uh, so the story it started back with some veterans. Uh, I believe it was about 2017. Um, they were doing they they were wanting to raise money for an organization on the east side of the state. Uh, so they decided to do a a walk. They they wanted to do a walk for the 22 veterans who take their lives every day. Um, and they decided to start from Comstock Park, Michigan, and end in Ludington, Michigan, which is the uh, the White Pines Trail. And that is 92 miles. And us Marines are known for our creativity, right? right. Well, uh, while on that walk, the, uh, the uh, founders, they just decided, you know, why are we doing this for somebody else? Why don't we come up with our own uh, nonprofit organization? And they called it 92 for 22. So since then, uh, we have now become a nonprofit. Uh, and one uh, three see. What's that? 5013C. 5013C. And every year, one of our biggest event that we have is to do the 92-mile walk. Um, In 2018, we went from uh, um, Marne, Michigan to Ludington. In 2019, we went from downtown Grand Rapids to Stevensville, Michigan. Um, And then this year, as long as everything passes by, we're planning on doing it in May, and we're gonna be doing this big old circle around the Grand Rapids area for 92 miles. Um, and uh, what we do is, is we do that so that we can, be, first and foremost, to raise awareness in the community for veteran suicide and also PTSD.
0: And it's important that we emphasize community, right? Because us veterans are very stubborn and prideful, and we, we introvert whenever things go wrong. Right. So we have to raise the awareness to family members, friends, you know, whoever, right. Because if they see the signs, they can reach out to us. And when we reach out, I'm not saying we as a 92 for 22, but other veterans reach out. There's an instant guard. Your guard goes down. Once you find out well, oh, you serve to what branch? And, you know, if it was army, we always make fun. I always oh, okay, I'll keep it simple and stupid for you. All right. Or, you know, whatever it may be. Right. And f- heaven forbid, if there are Marines, what Shit just got real, you know um, we can connect on a whole nother level than what a family member can, because I mean, I'll be, I'll be damned if I ever tell my mom or talk to my mom about the shit that I did in the Marine Corps, you know, and I know I'm not the only one that, that, that feels that way. And, you know, at, on our board, we've expanded to include a reservist who didn't complete his time in service because he got medically discharged and he struggled big time because his, his team went overseas and deployed and he couldn't. We've added a female, right? A lot of females have big time struggles with male veterans because I, I forget the exact stat. I want to say it was like 80 or 85% of female veterans were raped while on active duty so they they like shut down to another male right so we needed you know we brought her on we even brought an army cat on
2: two two army guys
0: well david doesn't count guardsmen's don't count not just kidding. <laughs> I'm
2: just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. You know, I don't think but, he's good. I think he. I mean, he might be Army Reserve, but, but
0: he he's also a, a Detroit police officer as well. So, you know, we have a wide reach and a wide span. Um, you know, with different things. You yeah. Know. Sorry, so I, didn't I, you off. I just wanted to talk. I want to touch on that.
2: Oh yeah, that, that's fine. I mean, the, the biggest thing is to, to build awareness in the community so that. The community can know signs of PTSD, signs of somebody uh, possibly going to be taking their their life. Um, and then with the different events that we have, um, that money that we raise, we don't keep that. We don't get paid. All everybody that is a part of 92 for 22, we volunteer. We're doing this on our on our own time for for no money out of. Uh, Coming back to us, that money goes back to the veterans in the community. When veterans uh, need assistance, they need their cell phone paid. They need food on the table. They're behind on rent because something happened at at work where they're not getting a paycheck, or, you know, just whatever it's going to take for us to prevent them from taking that what they think is the last step and taking their own life. You know, we don't want them to um, take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Correct. Making their life is not the solution. If we can assist them and, and there's a lot of organizations out there that help veterans. Don't get me wrong. But what we try to do, is we try to mitigate that time that it takes in order to give them the assistance that they're looking for. Once we get an application within 24 hours, one of our board members is on the phone with that veteran trying to contact them to get the full story. Because on an application, you can only write so much. You can't, always get that full story and it's very (laughs) it's very hard for a veteran to
0: admit that they need help and if it's a family member or a friend that is applying for them they don't know the full story right but when we make contact we have to pull it out and we have to also vet the fact that they are actually in need because believe it or not there are shit bags that like to take advantage of it Mm -hmm. right so we have to do our due due diligence within reason
2: right so we'll get the story from them and then try try to have them the assistance that they're looking for uh within uh, i don't know 72, 72 hours or at least they know when the assistance will be coming so it's not some they don't have to wait months after months after months and then they think nobody's going to help them out and then end up taking that that step that they think is the only route to go. Uh, awesome. And then we do different events throughout the year too. So that, that, the 92 mile walk is the biggest one that we have. Uh, we do smaller walks throughout the year. We do benefits at uh, VFWs um, and we, we do luncheons with other organizations also. So we're it's not only us, we try to help promote other, nonprofits that are assisting veterans of Keith. I was just
0: going to say, I was going to touch on that because there are a lot of resources available to, 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 you know, all veterans, the ones that are still serving police officers, firefighters, but do you think we know of any of them? No, we don't. Right. It's, it's important that The good nonprofits, the ones that are in it for the right reasons, doing it for the right things, right, doing the right things for for the right reasons, we help promote that within the community, right? Because I'll be damned if I put my name behind any nonprofit that I don't feel is in it for the right reasons, because I have... I've taken a long time to build my name and my credibility. And if I put it behind your organization, you better not be a fucking ass back. Right.
1: Right. That's yeah, the way I absolutely. Look
0: at it. And, but these local nonprofits are started by people that fuck, I need to do something, but I don't know how to do anything. It, you know, Ken and I will tell you, we, we don't know what we don't know. And we find out shit all the time. Like, Oh shit, we got to do that. All right, cool. You know, like it's a learning curve. It's, do you think that I set out to be a nonprofit, you know, leader or whatever? No, I I don't know what I don't know. I don't know anything about nonprofits. All I know is that there are veterans that need help and we can help them. That's how we're going to do it. You know, but
2: Uh, Brad, is it that hard for you to say that you're the secretary for 92 for 22? (laughs) I (laughs) don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Executive administrative officer, thank you very much.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, executive administrative officer. (laughs) I am not on my knees under anybody's
0: desk, all right? (laughs) So, um, like, take uh, Jaeger Foundation, for example. You know, when they're first getting off the ground, it's overwhelming at first, like you got to get the message out there, but you don't have any money and so on and so forth. Well, I've built my day job business with very little marketing cost. And we've applied that at 92 for 22, right? Like my organic reach on all platforms is massive because it's the messaging and it's everything else, right? So we help them get going because we learned these things on the fly, you know. That's how I got involved with ninety-two for twenty-two. I heard about this twenty-two k walk that they were doing, and I'm like, "Hey guys, I have a specific skill set that I can help you with. Let's market the shit out of it, because that's what I'm doing right now." Right? So I had them come in. We shot a video, and my whole goal when I started doing this was to get a hundred and a hundred and did I say over a hundred or was it hundred and thirty? I don't remember. I think it was over a hundred. We ended the we ended with 120 people at that walk. And I'm like, fuck yeah, sweet, you know? And then the next year, Ken and I were like, all right, we got to at least get 150. And we ended up with 175 or something like that, and 30 volunteers. We actually had to turn the volunteers off, you know, but it's, it, when I got involved, I realized that these nonprofits, they're just ordinary people. They don't know what they don't know, Right. Something that I do each and every day, a lead generation capture form, streamlined and save them hours upon hours of admin bullshit on the backside, right? So I look like this this dude that can walk on water because I know how to do this. Like, they were doing everything so long form. Like, no, it's all automated, dude. Lock, watch, check it out. And now when we have people register for our walks, everything's automated. You know, it automatically... Make them sign these forms. We automatically send a digital, electronic waiver signature. You know, it like hours upon hours of shit that that have been saved only because I took the plunge and said, oh, "I want to help." You yeah. know, local nonprofits need help, big time.
1: Both of you guys are you're in professions where you're self driven and your success is entirely dependent on you, which. It's awesome. I think that's a, a great fitting sort of thing for a lot of veterans. Um, if you're an ambitious guy, you don't necessarily suit well in a giant company. It's just a cog in the machine. Uh, but you guys have been entirely reliant on your own drive in order to be successful. And you are. And you're also board members of a successful nonprofit profit that is now operating for how many years? Like three years now? you going on your third yep. year? Yep. Third year? And you guys are gaining ground. What a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or other people that are trying to start ventures and make a difference. What advice would you give to people that are just starting out and are having a hard time starting
2: out?
0: Do you want me to answer? or do You want to go? Okay, I, I can go. I already have it locked and loaded. Go for it. Fire mission. For it. The fear of perfection paralyzes everybody, right? I, I love. I love it when people tell me I can't do something because I'm going to fucking do it now. (laughs) Tell me I can't do something. I'm going to, I'll prove you wrong motherfucker. Right. I mean, even, even before I was a loan officer, I applied for a front desk job at planet fitness because I was getting, like I was coming up to the end of college. I just needed some mindless front desk job to get through school. And a cog in the wheel essentially. Right. But I had my right and left lateral limits. I knew where I could play and where I couldn't. And that job allowed me to explore what I was capable of, you know, like in, in like, who would have thought that artillery, shooting artillery as a Marine would translate to the real world. Because when I was getting out, Is there any job prospects for fucking shooting artillery in Grand Rapids, Michigan? No, there's not. Is there any job prospects across the country in which you can shoot artillery? Yeah, avalanche control. So you would have to live in the mountain regions. That's about it. But you're shooting smaller cannonballs, whatever, right? So fuck, man. Again, wasted four years of my life. I got nothing out of this, okay? But. Once I got to Planet Fitness and I started really like just trying things, trying new things, getting out of my comfort zone and really testing the waters of what I was capable of doing and what I was not capable of doing, I found out that (laughs) the fucking Marine Corps instilled in me that I can do anything, right? As long as I put my mind to it and I actually try. And that's the biggest issue that I see. That's the world we live in. Nobody wants to put in the work. They want the fucking button. Push button. I'm a president now. All right, I don't have to do any work. No, motherfucker. Uh, No, you got to pick up a mop first before you even think about being a president, right? You have to understand the whole concept of everything. You know, and that's what I understood at Planet was you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone in order to grow. There's no growth in the comfort zone, period, okay? So if you think you're, if, if you think you're automatically going to shoot a video for a video marketing and it's going to be awesome, you're sadly mistaken, my friend, right? It takes some time to dial it in. It takes some time to get comfortable with talking about what you're doing and what your, your mission is. But my word of advice, find your why start with your why. find your purpose find your passion find your mission and everything will all fall in line after that
1: a very influential video that i watched was uh a simon sinek it was an old video yeah he's got a great book i love simon sinek a lot of his stuff is just spot on um but it was this old video that he had done it was like a paperboard thing. And he talked about TiVo That's how dated it was, but he talked about the reason that TiVo a company that had the best product at the time and was incredibly well-funded. The reason that it failed and they had no sales is because they talked about their what and their how, and then their why they're like, it's the best product on the planet. Um, it does all these things and you should buy it because it, you don't have to watch, watch commercials. Um, but he, they talked about the success of people like Apple. They talked about their why and their how and then their what. Their why is because they want to be innovative. And they want to go against the curve. They do this by designing and producing the best technology available to do new things that nobody else has done before. And you can see this in their new iPhone. Do you want to buy one? And that whole video made me change my whole framework on how I was operating because I'm a serial entrepreneur and I had now have one business that's actually successful. And I've had several that have been terrific failures. And the reason that I am committed to this one, and I believe in the one that I have now is because the why is secured, yeah. right? The why is secured first, and then it was the how, and then it was the what. I was so caught up in just like the technical skills of getting started, making a product, all those things. I was so focused on the what, and I never had any sales. You know how many people told me
0: when I first became a loan officer and I was like, I want to specialize in VA. This is the value I bring. I speak military. I speak VA through my own trials and tribulations. By God, I will learn mortgages. But right now I got two of the three, right? I'm specializing as a VA home loan specialist. What say you? You're a fucking idiot, you're pigeonholing yourself. There's no money in it. This that. The, like, no, 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 no. It's not about the money for me. You don't understand what I'm trying to do. I'm not articulating it in you know a way that you understand. but I will get there, right? And you will have your haters. Your haters are gonna hate. Everybody in the world we live in these days, thank you, social media fucking people think their opinions matter. They don't matter, right? They matter to me because it's it's fuel for me. Like I I use my haters' hate as fuel, man. I burn it mm. while I move forward, you know? You will have your haters and just use it. Use it to your advantage. Right? That's my that's my advice because if you start listening to everybody, your ship is going to go so far off course and you're going to lose The reason why you even started in the first place, right? So you have to be laser focused on your mission, on your why, and on your purpose. 100% agree.
1: Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, I'm sure by this point, you've met so many guys and gals that have transitioned and are getting out and they're trying to figure out what their why is. So if you were to offer one piece of critical advice to somebody that was getting out, trying to figure out what their why is, what would it be? It's what would ever you say changing. to that person?
0: It's ever changing. It doesn't have to be a permanent thing. Okay. Like that's what a lot of people think. If I put my why out there right now, it has to be my why for the rest of my life. And I, oh my God, and then they stress out about it and anxiety. No, it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. You are going to grow as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman or or. or a woman, whatever, okay? It's, you're gonna be, you're gonna grow and it's gonna change. But the same fundamental underlying elements are gonna be there, period. So don't overthink it. Get something out there. Any action is better than no action at all, period.
1: Go and make a mess.
2: Yeah, you go, like you said, go and, and make a mess. Yes. Um, because you can always try something different if if that doesn't end up panning out the way you thought it was going to go. But at the same time, don't give up on yourself. You know, have that that self discipline to, to push yourself to, to do your best. And I've seen it, I've seen people get it out of the military. Um, and uh, they go into one occupation and don't end up liking it. And because you know they have never did it before. So you When you don't do something but you think that's the best thing to do you might need to change so you can go into another occupation you know go where you're going to see yourself fitting in as um somebody who can assist that company in growing because veteran employees are so much different than regular employees that just came out of college and then now they're starting to work for that that company you have that veteran employee that has that self-discipline that is willing to not take entitled. but it, well willing to take on whatever challenges it put in front of them. But if a company is not going to use you to your best of abilities, then you need to find a company that's going to.
1: Yeah, don't burn bridges. Take everything you can because I've had that before. I've been employed in a place where um, I was super ambitious, but nobody else was, and so I was rocking the boat. And I eventually got knocked back. They're like, "Dude, just." Do your job you're hired to do, and it's like okay. Um, and at the time it was incredibly stressful, but when I left and looking back, I learned so many skills that I didn't have before because I was right out of the military. It was my first like real grown up job. Before that, I was like selling guns at a at a store counter, and this was like a corporate office and a cubicle job, and I did not like it. It was not the environment for me, which was also important for me to know because that was my body telling me something. But at the same time, I had to suck it up and do it because I had to take care of my, I had to take care of my family. And I'm sure that there's lots of guys, maybe even yourselves have gone through, you know, similar things, but that's okay. I'll keep trying things.
0: Yeah. Like I was going to say, you have to be willing to fail in order to move forward. Don't let the fear of a failure stop you in your tracks. You're going to fail. Just accept that. I mean, come on, on prom night, did you knock it out of the park or did you not make it to when your pants came off? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, Brad. If you say you (laughs) lasted more than 10 seconds, you're full of shit. But it's the best analogy that I could possibly draw to this. The first time you do anything, you're going to suck. Just accept that. But the next one you do, you're going to get better. You're going to get better and you're going to get better. So fail greatly, fail forward, fail often and grow grow from it. You have to learn from your failures. I mean, fuck, I've, I fail so much throughout the day. It's embarrassing, but I grow from it every single time. You know, you have to learn the mistakes that you made, do an after action report. Like that sucked. That was awesome. I liked how I did that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that shit again, you know, but you grow from those. Make sense?
1: Absolutely. Learning how to learn, learning how to learn from failure. It's almost cliche at this point. It's like an advice that everybody gets, but it's so much more profound after you have had some personal experiences that connect to it. Yeah. Like when you've tasted real failure, embarrassing failure, and you can learn how to learn from that and make yourself better. That requires a tremendous amount of personal growth yeah, to it be does. able to do I mean, that.
0: I grow so much each and every day because I'm not scared to fail. I mean, if I fail, at least I'm doing something. I'm there. Anything's better than nothing, right?
1: Absolutely. I'd rather
0: fail and get my name out there than do nothing and have my name just sit. (laughs) Right?
1: Right? Absolutely. All right, guys. I think we're starting to come towards the end. We touched on a lot of really great stuff. Brad, I love your energy, man. You remind me of the first half of my 20s, like all these awesome individuals that I was around and they were fired up and we we're willing to bash down walls when they could have opened the door.
0: passionate about stuff, <laughs> man. Like, I, like there's things that, you know, if you ask my wife, she's like, you have no emotions. I'm like, I do. When we're talking about stuff I care about.
1: Yeah. Guys, um, where can people go to learn more about your businesses, 92 for 22, all the things that you guys got going on.
2: Go ahead, Kenny G. All righty. Well, first and foremost, Brad and I, we're our, we are a team. Uh, we're working together to help veterans become homeowners. Uh, you can go to miveteranteam.com. Um, that is the M-I with my, you know, veteranteam.com. Uh, to learn more about Brad and I, we do have videos on there that talk about us. Uh, and the great thing about it is that this year in 2020, any home loan that Brad and I close together, a portion of our proceeds are going to be going back to 92 for 22. Um, so veterans can know that if they're using us, utilizing our um, professions to become homeowners, they're also helping other veterans uh, with 92 for 22. Uh, you can go to 92 for 22. We do have a fr- Facebook page. And we have a website, www.924, the word, F-O-R, 22.org. Um, you can hook up, look us up there, social media, platforms. We're, all, we're on everything right now. So uh, you do a search for us, you're going to find us. And the thing is, too, is with 92 for 22, if, if anybody needs assistance, if they just need somebody to talk to, we're, we're not professionals. We don't have our degree in psychology or any of that, but we're veterans. We're veterans who have been through the same, um, similar uh, things that the other veterans have been through. So we 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 open up our phones to talk to them or talk in person, whichever it may be. Um, if there's somebody that needs professional guidance, then we will refer them to the appropriate people. So we're just veterans out here trying to help out other veterans and um uh, because if th- not us who? Yeah.
1: That's right. Taking action. Going and making a mess. Doing something. Right. Very awesome. Also those links for those uh for those websites uh are going to be listed in the description uh for this podcast. If you want to help veterans, another way that you can do it is you can go to HeroRaise.com. HeroRaise is a crowdfunding platform, kind of like some others, but specifically for veterans and first responders. And they have a vetting program to make sure that uh, people aren't scamming. They verify that these guys are veterans and first responders and that uh, when they raise money for specific needs, that it does go to that need. Right now, they're running a special for providers, providers being medical care providers, auto mechanics, all these different resources that these guys need, guys and gals. Um, if a provider refers to providers that, to sign on, then that first provider gets a month off. So go ahead and check that out. That's herorays.com, also in the description. And then my plugins, we got crookindustries.com. Right, Kirk Industries is a supplements and sports nutrition brand. We have pre-workout. We have, have sleep goatweed. What's up?
0: Do you have any horny goatweed? I have
1: no horny goatweed. <laughs> no horny goatweed. You'll have to get it from your usual guy, Brad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's out of business, man. Yeah, uh. <laughs> and I can't meet face to face,
1: Just I'm. Sh- he's probably essential to the community. So maybe you maybe you can get with him. We got all sorts of stuff. We got probiotics, joint health. Uh, If you want some high quality American made supplements, go ahead and check out the website. Also, Scars and Stripes Coffee. Right. Great website. Great company. They uh, defer a portion of proceeds to supporting veterans. Use code crook at checkout. All the proceeds from Scars and Stripes Coffee. That crook code goes directly to this podcast and increasing my production value. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your service. Uh, and I appreciate that I was able to have some fellow devils on the podcast ah, with me tonight.
0: Ah, Thanks for having
1: us on, man. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Take care.